This podcast does not constitute medical advice. All changes surrounding medications, diet and exercise should be made in consultation with a professional who can assess your unique health circumstances. Welcome to the Patterson Program, where you'll learn how to improve your health from the inside out. And now, your host, Clint Patterson. Thanks for joining us today. I've got Stacey with me. She's glowing on the other side of the camera here. She's been part of our support group for some time and we have watched her transformation with her rheumatoid arthritis. It's been quite remarkable. Her little profile pic inside our support group has changed dramatically as she's gone from, may I politely say, sort of carrying a little bit of extra weight um, to now... Quite a bit of extra weight. <laughs> right. And uh, to now looking very beautiful, young and vibrant. So um, welcome, Stacey. What a pleasure this is to have you. Thank you. It's great to be here, to be able to share my story and my journey with everyone. Now, inside our gang, inside our online group, you're very well known, very popular because, as I mentioned, your transformation has been enormous. Give everyone else who are listening or watching this a snapshot. What? Give us sort of some bullet points. How do you feel now compared to how you were in the past? When I first started the program, which was November of 2016, I was bedridden. I was using voice activation software on my computer to continue to work from bed. I could no longer dress myself, shower myself. I couldn't walk. My husband would carry me to the bathroom. I couldn't obviously go, you know, drive a car or go to any of my doctor appointments. He would carry me and bring me in a wheelchair to all of those. And within two weeks of the program, I was getting up out of bed myself. Um, that That's how quickly I started to see changes. And here, almost a year later, I'm, I'm about two weeks shy of a year on the program. I am moving, I'm exercising, I'm walking. I was able to trick-or-treat with my son for the first time in three years. Um, so that was very exciting this past Halloween. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it just has made a tremendous difference in my life. Beautiful. Well, that's enough for anyone to want to get on board, isn't it? Yeah, I would think so. What about your friends and family? Uh, Before we get into the detail of your your whole story, how have your friends, friends, family, and I want to also ask uh, work colleagues uh, responded with what they've seen? So, So as far as colleagues, I work from home anyway. So my colleagues are all over the world. But the the main difference is that I I was not able to join a lot of the special task forces, um, a volunteer for for extra things at work that that got me involved with other people. So I I had to pull out of everything as well. I could no longer travel for work, which is part one of the requirements of my job. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it was definitely noticeable that something was wrong with Stacy and she's not been active and involved. So many people did reach out to find out what was going on. But but I do have to admit with um, Friends with workers, I was very private about this. I had a really hard time dealing with the fact that I was losing my life. Yeah. And uh, a week before I found your program, I was maybe about two weeks away from having the discussion with my husband about looking at a nursing home for me. 
because it was becoming so difficult to keep me here and to take care of me when he was trying to take care of our children and our home and, and everything. So I was really at the end of, I, I, I didn't know what else to do. So, so for me, it was very private. I pulled away from a lot of my friends, a lot of my colleagues. I didn't tell a lot of them what was going on with me. But uh, the one thing that truly was a great blessing is my husband throughout the whole thing. He, he took care of me gives me support. Uh, the moment that I found the program, I, I started crying in bed and I, I called him up and, and we watched your TED talk together. And he said, do it, do it today, order it. Let's do this. Let's figure it out. You know, and he helped me, you know, I couldn't do any of the food prep myself in the beginning, helped me with all of that. Um, just, just a tremendous support throughout the entire thing. Wow, absolutely. Gosh, he was your Melissa because Melissa was the same for me. I actually, um, uh, you know, sometimes I have guests on and I think, well, I was worse than that, but I cannot say that I was worse than what you've described. I was able to get out of bed just to get to Bikram Yoga each day, which then guaranteed me my ability to walk the next day. But if I had not have gone to Bikram every day, I would have also just ended up in bed because, you know, the knee just wouldn't work. I mean, my knee was just enormous and so excruciating. And when you can't push yourself out of the bed because my elbows or my wrists or my fingers, I mean, everything seems to be needed when you're trying to, you know, move up out of a, out of a lying position. And uh, boy, yeah, I can, uh, I can, you know, appreciate all that you were going through. Okay. So, um, what uh, what medications were you on? Uh, what plan did the doctors have you on? And so on. Give us an insight into the medication sort of rollout. So, so I was diagnosed in 2003 when uh, I had gone to a work gala. Uh, it's sort of like a, a prom for work. Yeah. And my husband and I had danced all night and we were used to dancing all night. But the next day uh, I had a shoulder that was locked. I had some numbness in my feet. I had like these weird pains that I had never had from dancing before <laughs> yeah. and went into the doctor and uh, they said, congratulations, you've got rheumatoid. And were they started me um, very simply with pa Plaquenol. Mm -hmm. uh, tried that first. And um, I did very, very well with it for a long time. Um, and it's a, a pretty easy drug to take and doesn't have a lot of side effects. So mm -hmm. I was very lucky with that. And then they gave me uh, my good friend prednisone mm -hmm. to take if I had, you know, a flare. Yeah. Okay. So um, that worked relatively well until about 2007. Okay. And Can we just, just, just yeah. for people... I like to hear more about the drugs when we go, when we, you know, something like methotrexate, there's just endless discussions about methotrexate. Christine, a previous podcast uh, guest, got off Plaquenil using our program, and there's a good episode for people to listen to there. But can you just go into a little bit more about the, the Plaquenil experience? Uh, did you have to get your eyes tested regularly? Yes. Um, uh, were the concerns real? Yeah, just give us a bit yeah, more info. You know, the interesting part is that the ophthalmologist that I see has told me that I, for the amount of Plaquenol I take, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know the dosage, but he said for the amount that I take, I would have to take it for about a hundred years before he would expect to see anything wrong with my eyes. So he's not super concerned about it, but I go every six months, I get the exam done. I've never had an issue. Right. 
What I do have is inflammation in one of my eyes from the RA. It's it's attacked the eye. So um, I used to be a contact lens wearer. I can no longer wear them. I have the glasses. Mm-hmm. But the Plaquenol really hasn't been a concern. It, it never bothered my stomach. It never gave me headaches. It never... Right. I don't even feel like I take anything with the right. Plaquenol. Okay. So you really, really uh, did well on that particular medication right from the start. Yep. Okay. Yep. All right. So then you were on that combo of Plaquenil and the occasional tablet of prednisone until 2007. So let me uh, hand back over to you from sure. that point. So, so then in 2007, I got pregnant with my second child, James, and the rheumatoid went completely into remission. And it lasted that way for about three and a half years. And then in 2011, it came back harder than it had been before. So they started me back up with Plaquenol and added Humira. Okay. Now, so did you go off drugs to have your child? Yep. I was off of everything for those three and a half years. Okay. So a lot of sort of uh, surprises there. First of all, that no, there's no surprise that you went symptom-free during the pregnancy because, you know, maybe half of females experience that, um, the lucky half. Um, But a big surprise that it didn't come back straight after you gave birth. So many people, the pain comes back like crazy in about two to five, six weeks after giving birth. So that's that was great. Very yeah, lucky very and really lucky. great. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. A and, nice little respite, yep. And then not, <laughs> not so lucky that it just delayed itself till 2011. Okay, yep. so then, then okay, so let's so go. So then we added that. Humera, and right. uh, this yeah. was my first go with Humera, and uh, yeah, the Plaquenol just wasn't cutting it, so, so they added Humera. And at that time, um, my hair loss got really, really bad, where I had huge patches of hair just just falling out all over mm-hmm. and I had to wear different hats and wigs and things like that to kind of cover it up. Mm-hmm. Then um, I decided to stop the Humera. I just told the doctor, I, I can't do this anymore, you know, and and uh, at that time, the RA wasn't, wasn't super bad. So we stopped the Humera and I continued just with the Plaquenol again. And, and that seemed to do the trick. Do you think that the Humera was the culprit for the hair loss? I do. I do. And, and my reason for, you know, I, I called the company, I gave my little report because it isn't one of the side effects of Humera yeah. as far as they're concerned. But I was like, well, I'm going to get my, you know, I'm going to tell them, you know, that it's happening to me because if it's happening to yeah. people, you know, maybe eventually they will warn people. Yeah. Um, but the reason I think that is because um, I am now on Humera again and I have the same hair loss happening mm. again. Mm. So, you know, it seems like too much of a coincidence mm. that every mm. time I'm on Humera, my hair starts falling out. Well, I mean... Yeah, I mean it's direct relationship, so it's hard to hard to say it's anything else, right? Yeah. So, so I stopped the Humera, like I said, uh, you know, later in 2011, and then um, had a lot of stress going on in 2012. So my mother got cancer. I was taking care of her while working full time. We decided to do a home renovation and. Uh, due to the fact that I needed an office at home because I was changing my job. Then we decided to scrap that and we decided to sell the house and get another house. So we had all this stuff, you know, mm-hmm. going on at the same time, a lot of stress and uh, the arthritis started getting worse. Mm-hmm. Not horrible, but but worse. Not to, you know, where I was when I described at the beginning of the podcast, yeah. definitely getting worse. Yeah. Then um, in the summer of 2015, I found sailing 
and I fell in love with it. It was the first time I had ever done it. And Mm -hmm. um, that summer I joined a boating team and I was racing sailboats on Saratoga Lake. Awesome. And the RA started creeping in, you know, each, each month it was getting a little worse. So I was just popping my prednisone and popping my prednisone because that's what I, you know, that was sort of mm-hmm. my fallback. Okay. And here's where it really starts here's to get ugly. Here's where everything went downhill. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. Big warning, I, warning, warning to everyone listening. This isn't the approach that we recommend. This is not the right <laughs> approach. It is not. Yeah. Do not self-medicate with prednisone. So by August of 2015, I was up to 60 milligrams of prednisone a day. Oh, my gosh. Yep. So in the studies where they talk about leaky gut occurs with high dosages of prednisone, they talk about five milligram as being high daily dose. I know. I Yes. And so so at that point, I was starting to get um, paranoia. And um, a little bit of like hallucination type things. And because, you know, those high doses of prednisone are not good mm-hmm. uh, mentally and physically. So mm-hmm. uh, finally, my husband said to me, I, you know, I think something's wrong. I think you need to go into your rheumatologist. You know, you're, you're medicating yourself with this prednisone, but you're not you. You're, oh. you're changing. Yep. Um, so I went in and right away he said, what are you doing? You know, you shouldn't have done this to yourself. You know, I wasn't doing this on his directive. I was just taking what yep. I needed to get through the pain. Wow. Yep. So, um, he started me lowering it, but you know, lowering it down, I got to about 40 milligrams with him and, um, Hang on, 14, 40, four zero from 60 to 40 with his help. Before I thought you said you were on sixteen a day, not six. No, no, sixty. My 60 gosh. Milligrams. Okay, it's a yeah. whole different yeah, level. Yeah. Wow. It, not, okay. Not good. All right. Um. So, so he got me down to about forty. Yeah. And from there, that's when I just started spiraling down into um mm. just you know being bedridden. And yeah. I think when I started your program, I started at forty milligrams. Yeah. yeah. I was at milligrams of prednisone. Mm-hmm. So we're at 11 months. After 11 months, how much are you on now? Now I am down to five. Five. Okay. Not a bad result. No, no, it is. It is amazing. Um, yeah. the, the problem, the problem that I do have is when I do have to travel for work, I find that it messes me up again and I, I lose time. What usually happens is this, the last trip that I went on, I traveled, you know, I'm very good about my food. I bring my rice cooker. I do everything in my room. I, you know, if I eat out, it's just my cucumber sushi. Um, that's it. But I've found that no matter how good I am, it, it messes my gut up. And when I come home, I'm definitely much worse. I usually have to do like a, a two week run of the prednisone again. I, I I take it to get my the inflammation back down, and then I'm back to five again in about two weeks. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, so I, I don't want that crutch anymore. Yeah. Um, but you know, you always say it's a fine balance between keeping the inflammation down and keeping the medication down, and it you know finding that balance is hard for me sometimes. Oh, most definitely hard for everyone. <laughs> and uh, that's why we keep making these interviews with people like yourself who've got a lot of experience with finding that balance so we can uh, help others. So, you know, we've only been working together for 12 months. And if you look at how far you've come from 40 milligram down to five milligram and you look at the history of the use of this Uh, I see people deteriorate with their progress on prednisone only after a few months. And so it becomes harder and harder and harder to maintain progress 
whilst just having pregnisone as you know a primary uh, medication option. I see it as uh, you know the wor- one of the worst possible, uh, and this is not actually referring to your strategy. It's just a general statement that if someone's listening and their only approach is to treat their pain with pregnisone or non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, you know, unfortunately, I've never seen someone turn the disease around, become pain-free and drug-free with that strategy. Uh, yeah. So I don't recommend it either. No. I'm going through it and I do not recommend yes. it. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, I think well, let, let's talk about the big win first. So the big win is how far you've come in the last 12 months. Uh, it's a phenomenal turnaround given what you described at the at the start of this conversation. Um, now, from here, it's an interesting little balance. Now, let's go into a little bit of, uh, let's have a bit of fun with some kind of what I would do if I were you kind of scenario. Yeah. Give me your, so you're, are you still on the Plaquenil and the Humira? Yes, I am. All right. Okay. So we like the Plaquenil. We know because you've been on that in the past on its own that that drug is is compatible with you. Right. The Humira, how much pain relief does that give you compared to when you were taking only Plaquenil? I never felt like Humira did anything for me. It's hard for me to make that argument now to the doctor because I'm on your program and your program has made a big difference for me. <laughs> but because they... <laughs> so like- it, it, it's it's hard to make that argument to them. Yes, yes. And it's also, it's hard to make the argument and it also makes you uncomfortable to say, well, let's stop it until you get off the pregnizone because that's the first thing. So in my checklist uh, that you, you have uh, inside our support group, there we have the checklist of all the things that we need to hit one by one by one by one. And getting off non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, pregnisone, and proton pump inhibitors are the first three of the collection of meds that we've got to be off before we can do some really hardcore, serious long-term healing. So you've managed to do all of what you've achieved while still being sort of in the, the you know, uh, some of that tricky early stages, you know, like in terms of our healing path together, working together, we're still only in that first one or two stages of our 10 step process. However, once you get out of those first, that first couple of stages and getting off that prednisone eventually, then the following stages are, you know, although they take time, there's no sort of major hurdles in there, no big things like trying to get off the, the prednisone equivalent. So everything you're doing is is right. Now, you've, I, I want to add this uh, as well, because I've been encouraging you for some time to go to Bikram Yoga and you finally, you know, took upon that advice and you've done well at it. Can you talk about that? Yes. So Bikram is absolutely amazing. And I had to be sold on it. Uh, the truth is, Clint wrote in my journal and said, Stacy, someday you're going to hit a wall it's going to be stuck in a joint or joints. And the only thing you can do is Bikram yoga. Promise me you'll do it. And so I wrote, yeah, yeah, I'll do it. Um, and then sure enough, there I was with my ankles. I just couldn't get the inflammation out of my ankles. And I said, yes, I've got to do it. So begrudgingly, I went and it was hard for me to stand. Um, a lot of the class, I just sat on the mat and did breathing and watched everybody else. And then I would stand up when I could and I did the floor stuff. But now I go seven days a week. Wow. Seven days a week. Seven days a week. Yep. Yep. That was my and plan too. Yep. 
you know, I, I just decided I was going to take two months and dedicate seven days a week. You know, I know I can't, I can't do that forever. It's just not sustainable, you know, with life and, yep. and everything that's going on. Absolutely. But, um, but I took two months to do that and it has made an incredible difference in, um, the ankles, getting the inflammation out. Uh, you know, I noticed really weird things like on a day that I'm having extra inflammation, I sweat more you know, and, it, and it's uh, like, it's coming out of me, you uh, know, um, just my movement is better. Uh, everything it, it has been, it's, it's incredible. And I was not sold on it to begin with. I was not someone who was looking forward to it or wanted to do it. And it took me probably a good 20 classes before I could say that I liked it. Okay. Well, I can't say yet that I like <laughs> it and I've done 800 or something. Okay. So, <laughs> But I like the results and that's what matters more. If I've got anything going for me, it's an ability to deploy discipline. And I I actually hated going so many times. I absolutely would come up with every answer, every possible <laughs> distraction in my mind as to why I should not go. Um, but I would drag myself there, drag and walk in there and uh, and put myself through it over and over and over and over and over again and uh, always be glad that I did afterwards, but uh, you know it's it, it's it's not easy for people who have perfect physical abilities, let alone folks like us who are going there during terrible, terrible joint problems. And and you know you stand there, and and the classes that I attend, most of the people are young and in good shape and healthy, and uh, you know they do the poses and they look fantastic, and I'm you know crooked and you know stumbling and falling, and you know but that's okay. You know the the instructors where I go are very encouraging, and they always say you know even just one percent of the pose, you're getting all the benefit. Yeah. So just do what you can. You know it's 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 a great practice, and yep. you know I do recommend it. And like I said, I hated it at the start, so give it a try. <laughs> yeah, awesome, awesome. All right, so I'm keen to get from you. I want to also make some comments because I, I said I would about maybe the next steps for you. So I want to talk about that. And then I also want to get some tips from you. Um, you've been through working closely with me and, and other members in our group and also you know, developing a lot of your own ideas. I just want to get from you as well as we you know, close out the rest of this call some tips and some insights or some advice, uh, things that you've experienced that's helped you. So we'll do that in a minute. First of all, let's just troubleshoot your situation just briefly. I think that you're going to the Bikram yoga every single day, and that's one of the most powerful ways to reduce your prednisone requirement because Bikram is just so anti-inflammatory. And so that's one massive uh, feather in your bow. And you're able to reset back to the baseline foods as necessary when you want to eliminate lots of pain. Uh, that's always available to you. Something that I uh, am pushing more and more recently is that we need to get our potassium levels as high as possible, our intake of potassium when we're coming off pregnazone, because uh, pregnazone, I guess, replaces our own natural cortisol. And so as we're coming off it, our, our own ability to generate pain relief on our own internally uh, feels like it's it's not working or it isn't working. And there's that link that Dr. Greger highlighted in his nutritionfacts.org's video uh, where he talks about the relationship between prednisone, uh, sorry, that cortisol in the body and potassium. And people with high inflammation have low potassium levels. And so, you know, we've got to get our potassium levels really high. And in that video, he talks about 6,000 milligram a day was taken by people with rheumatoid arthritis. Now, 6,000 milligram is six grams, okay? It's not a lot. If you look at it, it's like a teaspoon, right, of potassium. 
Uh, so I would look at getting potassium levels really high uh, via supplementation or look at your foods and, um, and raise them through that way. The other thing we want to do is um, make sure our vitamin D is really high because prednisone uh, depletes our vitamin D levels. And so we want to make sure vitamin D hasn't been driven right down to the ground because with low vitamin D, uh, then that is interfering like a spanner in the works of our whole immune system. So we need to have high vitamin D levels and you're smiling as if yours might be really low. Is it really low? Yeah. And I, I have a supplementation for that now. Okay. How bad did it get? How low did it get? Oh, I have to look back at my blood work. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, but, um, I had gone to a naturopath um, because none of my other doctors seemed very concerned with um, any of the, you know, nutrition or, or, you know, what else was going on with my body. So I went to one and he, he did a full workup and, and vitamin D was one of the things they found. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. For those people who are worried about taking vitamin D because it's suspended in a drop of oil, a little bit of oil has to be uh, because of its way that it actually is activated. You know, the answer to that that I give is uh, just a tiny little bit of drop of oil that comes with your required, you know, need to raise your vitamin D levels is, uh, is nothing compared to the need to get up the vitamin D. So we've got to get the vitamin D levels right up. And then, um, you know, You've probably listened recently to that podcast that I did with Richard Matthew, Matthews where we talked about the oats. So what I like to do is to try and um, and get people to, even if they're eating just one tablespoon of oats to start with, just a one tablespoon. I'm so afraid. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so. I am. I am. I, you know, I still am very, very close to baseline foods. I have yep. not branched out much. I mean, even after a mm-hmm. year because of the prednisone. Yep. Um, so, so any new food is like a big adventure for me. Yes. That's, that's yes. you know, I it's understand. very scary. I totally understand. Okay. So <laughs> let's try and, let's try and make it so that it, so that there almost can't be an argument. And I want you to do this experiment, right? So let's switch across from like, try and just buy some oats and cook up, you know, a an amount that makes sense, like half a cup or something that you're not even going to eat at all. Um, prepare it as if you're about to, to eat it and then just get one teaspoon of it and just eat a teaspoon and crack open a probiotic that is predominantly acidophilus strains and mix it in with the oatmeal and just stir it in together. It's not going to taste great, but what, you, what you're doing there is you're you're getting the the um, the oats, which offer all of the benefits that we heard about in the in the other podcast. On top of that, but but what I want to highlight is one of the most important aspects of that is that it can help with the mucosal lining. And so, I believe that prednisone strips our mucosal lining, and the reason that that I believe that is because it's anti-mucosal. It's used for people with asthma problems to clear their um, the mucus in their body. And so, you know, I ran this past Dr. Clapper and uh, he said he doesn't have evidence to support that, but he said that he likes my train of thought. Uh, <laughs> and so he certainly said, this, you know, it's, it's, it, it's possible, right? Yeah. And uh, we know that oats can reestablish the mucosal lining as well as tremendously repopulate the gut bacteria, which in turn also uh, can heal the leaky gut. And so, yeah, let's try and get a probiotic mix of acidophilus strains in with just one teaspoon of oatmeal. Now, if you can do one teaspoon for a couple of days, then do two teaspoons and then three teaspoons. And we might just be operating just below that threshold where your body 
has a reaction to that little bit of oats. And if then you can keep sneaking it up, you might be able to find that after a couple of weeks, you might be able to tolerate that half a cup that you prepared. And, oh, man, like, yeah, let's give it a go. I'd love to hear how that goes and we can keep in touch online about that. Awesome. So now let's talk about your your, any any tips or lessons that come to mind that um, that you think, well, this is worth sharing or people should realize this or and so on. Some some helpful hints to people who are following along and doing this process at home. Uh, I guess the most important thing is to just keep at it and, you know, The diet part of it has not been a struggle for me because the alternative is pain that puts me in bed and I can't move. So, you know, I hear a lot of people struggle with, you know, cheating or, you know, being tempted. I've never had any of that because I I will never go back to what I was. You know, I I have a life now and I want to keep it that way. But but for people who are struggling with that, you know, if you make a mistake, don't beat yourself up. Just go back to the program. Just keep at it. You know, it's a cumulative program. So every day you put in, you get a result. The next day you get a result, you know, and it and it's cumulative. You know, the longer you do it, the better the results. So so just keep at it. That's all. It's it's, you know, one day at a time and don't beat yourself up and keep going. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, what's next for you? What do you what have you you know, we talked about getting off prednisone, but like what, what other sort of like non-druggy, non-rheumatoid things have you got planned for the future now that you've got an ability to use your body again? Yeah. So, so as I mentioned earlier, I kind of pulled away from a lot of friends and, and colleagues and things. And this year uh, for work, I'm going to be uh, joining more groups and being able to get back out there at work and get my name out there. I also just completed my master's degree while I was going through this program. So that was a big accomplishment. And, and you know, who knows what that will lead to. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I, I also really look forward to a time when I can do travel again without uh, having a setback because I've always enjoyed traveling. And it was one of the things about my job that I always felt really fortunate to have a job that allowed me to travel places and see different things. And now I really can't enjoy that. Yeah. Um, so, so being able to, to get to a point where my gut doesn't get completely messed up by travel would, would be a really nice place to be. Yeah. And of course, Having a full summer with my family again would be great. Uh, we used to be hikers and and walkers and do things together, and and it's been a couple of years since I've been a part of that. Mm. So, so those are some of the things I'm looking forward to. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're very exciting things. We share a lot of the same sort of ideals for our and values for our life. Spending time with the family and traveling there two are the most important things to me as well. So I can totally relate to that, and I can. You know, just reassure you that uh, that that with a couple of tweaks here and there that we've just talked about, just in this short time together and and ongoing discussions uh, online, you know, you'll get there. You'll get there, and it's not just wishful thinking. This is just this is how things play out. And uh, you've got determination levels through the roof. You've got the plan in place. You've got a support group around you online and also with your husband. You've you've dedicated your life, making this your mission. I mean. You've got all of these um, big uh, why you want to get well desires that are going to motivate you during the tough times. Uh, yeah, I expect that uh, if we were to set one of these up for 12 months' time and go over this again, that we would be able to uh, hear many of those goals realised. 
So yeah, if I if I can come from you know being bedridden to doing what I'm doing now in less than a year, imagine what I'm going to do over the next year. That's <laughs> the exactly right. The limit. <laughs> That's exactly right. And what I think is cool is because you know you and I both sort of suspect that the humira is not doing a whole bunch, right? And you know you're down to five milligram, which is a uh, which is an exciting exciting prospect with regards to prednisone, right? I see a lot of people getting off a five milligram. When you're yeah. talking the 40s and 60s, that's that's off the charts, you know. So yeah. you're kind of getting close with the prednisone, and the Humira may be able to be turned off, right? Not in everyone's case. You, yours is unique, but speaking specifically to you, the Humira might not be doing as much as what it normally does for people. Then you'd be in a position where you're only, and I use only in inverted commas, only on Plaquenil, and I've helped people get off that drug. So, you know, we're starting to, like, the finish line is not. Yes, you know I, what can I mean? see. You I can see, see it. <laughs> I can. It's not, you know, we're not in a fantasy land here. We absolutely are not in a fantasy land. This is, uh, yeah, uh, like, you know, give me my chips. I'm going to go all in. We're going to get Stacy where she wants to be. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> So thank you very much. I think that's a good place for us to wrap up. I know you're very busy and you've given us your time on a, uh, what are we, on a Wednesday afternoon. So I really appreciate your um, wonderful inspiration that you're sharing. And uh, if I may, I'd love to share your sort of before and after photo uh, on this. Yeah, I I dug a couple of uh, new ones up for you too. So I'll send those along and you can kind of show everybody uh, how far I've come. Yeah, and if you're... you're, um, not looking at this recording on the blog post. If you're watching this online or you're listening to this on a download, on a podcast on your phone, definitely go to the blog. What I'll do is it'll be pattersonprogram.com forward slash Stacy, S-T-A-C-Y. Go there, check it out. And you got to check out the pictures of Stacy. They will blow your mind. <laughs> <laughs> so thanks so much, Stacy, And uh, I look forward to chatting to you more online. Okay. Thank you. been listening to the Pattison Program. For more information, visit pattisonprogram.com.